0: Welcome to Kingdom Light Church, Stellenbosch. May this life-giving word activate your faith today. Let me dive into the sermon this morning. Now, two weeks ago when we had our um, our last driving service, I, I preached a sermon that I called, God is always ready to act. Now, how many of you were here? I think there was a couple of you here, but there was a couple of you also watched on, on live stream. And as i did that sermon i knew man this is not going to be the last one (laughs) there's definitely going to be more of that so i did two more sermons which i'm going to do the second one now and then the third of october we're going to do the second the, the third one of that so so the sermon series is called god is always ready to act and the tagline to that is when i'm bold enough to ask when i'm bold enough to ask and you see we always want god to act but we never ask we're never bold enough to step out and say, Lord, I trust you for this miracle. Now, now I'm gonna do a, a quick recap on week one. For those of you who haven't been here, who haven't seen the sermon, I'm gonna I'm gonna the first two sermons actually overlap a lot. So you're gonna hear some things that you've heard, but it's gonna take us to a bit of a different angle and then week three is gonna be it's gonna be something else as well. So let me recap quickly. I started out with Sermon 1 with a question that says, have you ever asked someone to do you a massive favor when you were in need? And you almost almost walked into their home, into their place and demanded, and say, dude, you need to help me, please. And they do it. Isn't that amazing how you feel blessed when someone comes and actually helps you when, you when you're in need? But then I took it a bit further and said, how about we walk into the mayor's office of Stellenbosch? Or maybe the president's office and you demand action right there. I mean, that's a different story, isn't it? It's a whole different story. Let me just get back to my, oh yes. Now, if you thought about that, if you grasped that thought of walking to the president's office and say, listen, I demand this and this and this. I mean, that's, that's crazy, isn't it? But do we expect the same from God? How about God? When we pray, when we sit with Him and we demand, said, Lord, I need you to do this. How many of us have, haven't done that? <laughs> I've been there so many times. But do we feel that God listens to us in that private moment? I mean, I thought about it a lot. Maybe you have thought about it too. Do you believe that God actually listens to you in your private times, in your quiet times? You see, this is that deep question we think about so so often and it can actually brings a lot of conversations forward if you think about do god actually listens to me do-? i mean it's so many so many angles i can take from that but with this first sermon we looked at joshua we looked at joshua how the nation of israel had to fight five kings they had to fight five kings the amorite kings who wanted to come and to come and take gibeon out now let me let me give you a bit of a a, a backdrop about in the middle of that fight joshua stood still he looked at the sky and he prayed aloud so that everyone can hear and said sun stand still moon don't move and a mighty miracle happened when but when we look at our lives to be honest when we look at our lives it doesn't seem so easy always (laughs) to do a mighty miracle in a massive challenging moment like that when you face massive things in your life and, and you pray, and Lord, can you please do something right now? It doesn't seem as easy as it, as it seemed to Joshua, doesn't it? I mean, we read it, Joshua looked up the sky, boldly declared, and it happened. One of the most amazing miracles ever, I think, recorded, except Jesus' resurrection. Now, when we pray as believers, we expect, don't we? Come on, let's be honest. When I pray, I expect God to do some, some things. But then we come to a place where we pray and nothing happens. And that's where Christians start struggling with doubt. We start doubting. Lord, are you still there? We start asking questions like, did I pray right? Did I pray right? You know, did I use the right words? Lord, did I ask wrong? Was it maybe more about me? Or maybe you say, it's possible that God just don't listen to me. All of those things I've heard in conversations so many years that I don't know if God listens to me. I don't know if God hears me. I don't know if I pray if God hears me. Maybe I should first do a bunch of stuff. Maybe, Maybe I need to grow a bit more spiritually before God listens to me. Maybe I need to read my Bible a couple of times. I pray more and be more dedicated to my Christian life. Then God will listen to me. Does it sound familiar? You see, if we realize that truth the story of joshua the truth in it then we can't believe statements like that anymore we can't because god always listens to us he always do he always listens to us we just need to speak and ask that's the great thing about it we just need to speak to him so where and in what lies the problem then henny it's a good question where, where lies the problem? I pray and nothing happens. Where does the problem lie? Now, to make it clear, I don't want today want to look at the do's and the don'ts of prayer. I don't want to look at that. But what I do want to look at today is the power of truly connecting with the Father. The power of truly connecting with the Father. Catching His ear. Th- does it make sense? To catch God's ear with your prayers. Because that's what, 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 that, that's what I want. I don't know about you but I would like to know every time I pray that God listens to me and things will shift if I pray. I've got the faith, but sometimes I struggle, to be honest. Now we started out with Joshua, and Joshua 10 verse 5, it says the following. So these five Amorite kings combined their armies for a united attack and they moved all their troops into place to attack Gibeon. Now let me just give you a quick story. The Israelites went over the Jordan River, they went into the Promised Land, as they went into the Promised Land, they started um, facing, um, what do you call it, Um, enemies. And they took in the city of Ai, they destroyed the city, and immediately everyone knew of Israel. And so Gibeon, a city in, in the promised land, heard about Israel, and they made a plan. They went to Joshua and the Israelites and the elders. They lied to them that they were from far off, and can you make a covenant with us? So Joshua, without consulting God, made a covenant with the Gibeonites without knowing they're the Gibeonites. And then later on realized they just a day's walk from, from where they're at. And then they went to them and said, why did you lie to us? And they said, well, they were scared and said, because you lied, you will be our slaves forever. <laughs> Imagine that. So when the five Amorite kings heard they made a covenant with Gibeon, they immediately attacked Gibeon and the Gibeonites. And when the Gibeonites realized that the five kings are coming to take them out, they ran to Joshua and said, now you need to help us. And Joshua, knowing that he had a covenant to protect them, he saddled up his horses and they rode through the night attack the kings at dawn I always thought man that is honoring your covenant right there and then before the fight before the fight started God spoke to Gideon listen to what God said to Gideon he said in verse 8 do not be afraid of them the Lord said to Joshua for I have given you the victory over them not a single one of them will be able to stand up against you. Now this is amazing, and I wanna I wanna start here this morning. Before the fight even started, God gave Joshua a promise. Now what uh, what Leander said this morning—it's so amazing. She didn't know what I'm preaching this morning, <laughs> and and it's so amazing how God just prophetically comes and set the stage for this for the word. It's so amazing. Now you'll hear Leander. It's it's quite in line <laughs> what you said. Now, before the fight started, God gave Joshua a promise for what? For victory. For victory. Now, I started with a question this morning and and last week in the previous sermon as well. We all have experienced a promise from a friend that they will do something for us. Am I right? Now, when someone promised you to do something for you, it's easier to to believe that they will actually come and help it is if they come you said listen can you help me and they said yeah sure i'll help you you believe and you have believe in them that they will come and help you then isn't it i mean but we know that people actually unfortunately f- fail us sometimes and they disappoint us and it's happened to all of us where i've promised someone and i missed it and i i didn't i didn't honor the word that god has given me and and it happens but how about god how about god Will God disappoint or fail us? No, he can't. Because when God speaks, his words are true. So what would we do with a promise like that? When God comes to you in the midst of the toughest challenge you've ever faced in your life, and God comes and said, he appears powerfully. He appears and said, I give you victory over this. Will you doubt? Absolutely not. (laughs) I don't know about you, but I wouldn't doubt. At all. Because I think just meeting God, having that encounter is so powerful that you will not doubt any second that God will come through. Isn't that amazing? Now, how many of us have received a promise from God before? All of us. You've received a prophetic word, a promise from God. Now, it's so much easier to stand up in faith during that challenge, during that tough time, when you had a promise for victory from God. Isn't it? Oh, Lord, I'm facing this, but I know you spoke to me, Father. You said that I will step into victory, so I'm not going to be fearful. I'm not going to be fearful, because I have a promise from God. And it's not a normal promise, it's a godly promise. Now see, it's so much easier to stand up in faith when you have the promise. But how much more when God is backing the victory before the fight even started? Before you even went into a tough time. Isn't that how, how amazing prophetic word is? How many, God, how many times God comes and there's a prophetic word in your life and it's like God says he's got your back and he's going to do this and you thought, but there's nothing happening yet. And then two days after that, you hit this challenge in your life and you're just like, wait, wait, God already spoke to me. I've got a promise. You see, it's so much easier. It's so much more amazing. But now... It is also so much more challenging when you go into a terrible or a tough battle knowing that you don't have any promise from God. I mean, that's a different story. When I go into a battle, a tough time, a challenging thing, and I know, no, Lord, you haven't given me a challenge. What now? What do I do then? i asked that question so many times till I got this revelation. Now, while I was thinking about this amazing promise that God gave Joshua, I wondered about something that I saw what Joshua did in the fight. Now let's quickly look what we've read last with previous sermon. In verse 12 and 13, it says, On the day the Lord gave the Israelites a victory over the Amorites, Joshua prayed to the Lord in front of all the people of Israel. He said, he said Let the sun stand still over Gibeon and the moon over the valley of Ajalon. A- so the sun stood still and the moon stayed in place until the nation of Israel had defeated its enemies. Now, Powerful scripture, powerful scripture. So why did Joshua do this? Think quickly think about this. God gave him a promise. Don't worry, I'm giving you victory. So in the midst of the battle, Joshua comes with a promise from God and he said, Son, stand still, make sure that we have get this victory. I mean, Joshua, didn't you have a promise from God? See, he had a promise from God Almighty that the victory is there. And he still made a bold prayer faith, a faith prayer to secure the victory. I mean, that for me is like, Joshua, didn't you believe God? Didn't you have a, didn't you have a promise from God? But now you still stand up in that meeting, oh, sorry, in that battle, and you prayed for victory. Now, as I thought about it, I realized, man, I believe that the promise from God made his faith so much bolder than ever before if you have a promise from God that you will be victorious you your business is going to succeed I mean you're going to be more bolder doing business you see Joshua had faith in God because of God's promise and therefore it pumped up his faith to such a degree that he even made a bolder step of faith see that's what a promise does in our lives now maybe you think Henny wait wait I'm facing a hectic battle at the moment But i don't have a promise like joshua What do i do now what do i do now i mean i don't have a promise nobody prophesied over me um (laughs) what do i do now henny now i'm so happy you ask thank you now if you open the word there is about seven and a half thousand promises for us seven and a half over seven and a half thousand promises that's a lot that's just that's not just any promise It is packed with powerful promises for every battle, every challenge, everything that you will ever face. There's a promise for you in the word. So we can't use that excuse and say, I don't have a promise, what do I do now? No, no, we have promises in the word. We just need to open the word so that the word becomes a powerful secret weapon in our hands. You see... If you are standing before a battle today, if you are standing before something today and you think, Lord, how am I going to get through this thing? All you need to do is open the word and get that promise. And know that the Lord says, you are the head and not the tail. You will be blessed coming in and going out. You will not do that. I mean, there's so much promises. You will be, I will provide all your needs according to my riches in glory by Christ Jesus. I will do exceedingly abundantly above all you ask or think through the power that work within you. I mean we can go on and on and there's so much promises now I, I testified about it last week how in London God gave me promise upon promise and how I started confessing that promises over my life and as I confessed it it became life into my life. Now as we start to speak and to pray the word of God that promises our battles now <laughs> our battles becomes easier but sometimes, I must, be, I must be honest, when you're facing a battle, when you're in the midst of a battle, you don't feel like praying and speaking and confessing. I don't know about you. When you're really facing a tough thing and you're going through this thing and you don't know how you're going to eat this week or that um, thing and you need your business need to survive this COVID thing or this thing, you don't know. There's so much feeling. How do, I mean, I don't feel like speaking and praying and even opening my Bible. Maybe I'm just the only one. You see, all of us go through that feelings and that emotions. But see, when we start speaking without feeling, start confessing without feeling it, our faith gets activated. Our faith gets activated. When I start speaking, and I I remember when I was in London, I didn't have a job. I have less money every week. And I was like, okay. Then I said, Lord, but your word says that I can do exceedingly abundantly above all. Um, I ask or think, faith is a substance of things hoped for, evidence of things not seen. I mean, um, Philippians 4 says that all my, you will provide all my needs according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. So then I come and I start speaking that promises over my life and suddenly something starts happening here. Ooh, wait, wait. There's faith being activated in my life. You see, that secret weapon of opening the word in the moments of, a, of Lord, I don't have a promise, but wait, wait. No, I have a promise. 2,000 years ago, you said this, and it's still as powerful in my life as, ev- as ever before. See, because we know that God backs his word, that's why we can do this. We know God backs his word, and he backs every promise he has in his word for us. Isn't that amazing? See, it's our secret weapon that we sometimes forget about. Now, just pause here. What did Joshua do? Did God said to him, meditate on what? Meditate on the scripture, Joshua. If you go to Joshua 1, God said, meditate on the scripture. So that whatever you do, you will always look at the scripture. He had so much word in his life that the faith was activated whenever he was in battle. He was, I think, I mean, I, wanted, I wish I could see that moment. It, was, it must have been amazing. Now, the second powerful thing that happened was Joshua, what Joshua did. is He prayed aloud. He prayed aloud aloud so that everyone could hear him just think about it he's fighting and suddenly he stops and he shouts loudly god made the sun stop and the moon doesn't move and i mean that whole powerful prayer now he said it in front of all his soldiers in front of all the enemies not just his soldiers the enemies was within the camps where he was fighting so they heard it too and i was always wondering what did they think These soldiers heard the faith of this leader, and I think it stirred their faith. They saw, wow, our leader has faith. And then suddenly they saw the moon standing still. They realized after an hour, listen, nothing has been happening. And then the enemy started seeing nothing is happening, and I think fear came into their life, and they knew they were in trouble because God was doing a mighty miracle. Now, how many times do we receive a promise or a prophetic word And we believe it. We can you can sense it when you get that prophetic word, but then people around you, they still doubt. Have you ever had that? And I think, I mean, we get this prophetic word, and I tell people, and you can see in their faces, uh, sounds like a pipe dream, you know. That you hear God. Are you sure you heard God? (laughs) No. But see, I believe it's so necessary for us to confess that promise loudly sometimes. To confess what God is saying. You know what amazing God said to me last week? He said he's going to do this and this and this. Man, I just speak life over everything. Yeah. I just do this. I just speak his, his blessing over my business, over my car. I mean, you drive driving a broken down car and somebody said, man, you need to buy a new car. I said, well, you know, God promised me a new car. So I just put my hand on it and I pro- I just speak life over this car because God has promised it. So what do you do? You're proclaiming God's promises aloud. And because you I mean, it's not bragging. It's just positive confession. I'm not walking with the Bible over my head and quoting scripture to everyone. But my heart is so full of the word and full of the promise. Whenever we get to that situation and people start moaning and moaning this about the economy, I said, "You know what? I just settle this thing. God's promises and His word are so amazing that I just speak life over my business, my finances, the economy. God is going to do something amazing. So what I do lately is I just say, '2020 is going to end amazing. It's going to be a fantastic year. It's going to end way better than it started.'" And see, as we start to boldly confess and declare God's truth in front of people, His truth and His promises, not bragging, not just doing positive confessions, what happened? Their hearts starting to get impact. When I start speaking to somebody about faith in my life, their hearts starting, there's, there's an impact in their lives by hearing the faith. Isn't that what the word says, faith comes by hearing? So whatever we hear will impact our faith. So when I listen to sermons and things of people who are speaking faith, man, I just feel a stirring in my heart. I don't know about you. When I mean, to, to, if I listen to Stephen Ferdict and I, and I listen to a, a snippet of his an hour sermon, I just take 10 minutes. Man, I, I, I'm, I'm fired up. Why? Because the word stirs our faith. And that's what happened with Joshua. He stood there and he shouted loud and people could see his faith. And suddenly said, I want to follow that. I'm gonna be with that. It stirs my heart. I'm gonna have faith like that. And the enemy says, Ah, oh, I don't believe that. that. That's stupid. Look how can look how stupid this leader is. And then suddenly God started doing miracles. And then people starts really believing and they seeing and they trusting. And it have an impact on their faith. You see, when we start declaring God's promises to others, to our children, to our colleagues, to people around you, it stirs their faith. You do. It doesn't mean you need to be a preacher. It doesn't mean you, you need to be weird and spiritual. No. I'm just, it's just part of my life. Whenever I see a challenge, whenever I see a battle, I, I, don't, I don't go, oh no. I said no, you know, thank you Lord for your promises. Thank you, Lord, for what you've been doing. Thank you for what you're going to do. Thank you. I mean, I'm just, I'm just starting to confess the positive things and the promises of God over my life. You see, before they knew it, before people know it, when they, I mean, I've got a bunch of friends I, I cycle with. And, and there's a lot of rough diamonds <laughs> in, in my, and, and I love them. They're amazing. And, and as soon as we're riding together, I know that there's an impact from my life to their lives. I know. I know that. I don't have to preach and quote Bible scriptures. and no, I, I can just be who I am and then speak positive over negativity. And it makes change. It brings a massive change. It's great to pray in private and secluded. I, I believe in that. To, op- to go into your room, Jesus said, go into your room, pray in private, open your word, do quiet time. But it's also needed to carry these promises out in our hearts. When you carry it out in your heart, that's due to come out. When you're in conversations, when you're in tough moments. I remember when I was at university and uh, I was doing my honors year and I was going through some, some tough subjects tough subjects man everybody was moaning all my classmates like man how are we going to make this i remember um um, i don't know how what you call it training physiology (laughs) what i don't know what you call but that i mean those things are crazy i mean the implant of the of the i mean every muscle every bone in the body i loved it but i mean you get i mean it messes you up when you get to the fifth Implant and you don't know what I know knew the muscles, but I knew this ligament goes to that thing I mean, I had nightmares of that, and I just started speaking positive of this. Look, Lord, thank you for you You created this thing So, you know exactly what's happening here. So Lord, you can help me in an exam I'll do as much as I can but I can speak life over everything. I can't remember And then suddenly I started remembering. I mean, it was amazing. I mean, the sun was standing still and the moon was not moving. But I was, I was passing that subject. And I actually did well. And I still can remember like 2% of it. That's amazing. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, that's how we speak life over a situation. When you face an impossibility, it feels like impossibility. We don't go by feelings. We go by promise. What is God's promise in my life? See, it's so powerful when a believer takes a stand for God. But it's even more powerful when they're standing up against a challenge because of the promises and the life that God gives. I love that. See, when we start to speak life in front of people in every situation and things start shifting, what happens? Everyone around you who heard you, who heard you confessing the, the, the promises, man, it impacts their faith and it starts stirring their faith. And now they're starting to believe. Wow. Henny, now can you pray with me? Can you do this with me? Oh, we've got so much testimonies on that of facing impossibilities. And then suddenly everything, God just comes through and everything happens. And I'm even shocked. It's like, Lord, I believed, but this is amazing. And then people around us, like, Henny, we can't believe it. Man, pray for me. Pray, pray for me. I say, okay, you pray, and I'll 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 say yes. <laughs> now. The word says, uh, sorry, just like God moved in Joshua's prayer, just like he moved in Joshua's prayer, he can move in our prayers. See, we need to realize that. Just as he moved, he did the m- most mighty f- miracle ever in the Old Testament and the New Testament. I mean, I think that was probably one of the ones up there. If he can do that for Joshua, he can do that for us. Why? Because the scripture says God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. The same God who gave the same promise with the same power is so much more powerful in our lives because we have the Holy Spirit that they didn't have. I mean, that's the change of scenery we have. So much more. Last week I said God is always ready to act when we are bold enough to ask, are we bold enough? We're all facing challenges every week, every day, personal challenges, financial challenges, whatever challenge you are, are facing. Are you bold enough to ask? I mean, I need to ask myself this question constantly. I catch myself sometimes, I'm facing a tough thing, and I say, Lord, why didn't you do anything? And I realize, I never asked. It's like my, my daughter will come to me and, and cry the night when I put her to bed. It's like, why didn't daddy buy me ice cream today? It's like, but you never asked me. I mean, that's how, that's how we sometimes deal with our relationship with God. We offended because he doesn't come through, but we never ask. We never speak to that, re- that circumstances. Now, with Sermon 1, I finished with John 15. And I want to pick it up quickly again. John 15, verse 5, it says, Yes, I am the vine, and you are the branches. Such a powerful scripture, this. He says, Those who remain in me, and, and I in them, will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Isn't that powerful? Those who remain in me, in me, and I in them. Now listen to verse 7. Let's just skip the first. Verse 7 says, but if you remain in me, my words will remain in you. But you get that. If you remain in me, my words will remain in you. My scripture, my word, my promises. And you may ask for anything you want, and it will be granted to you. Now, I always read that scripture. It's like, man, that is amazing. Anything? Lord, can I ask anything? Like a million rand. No, no, no. But if you know the promises of God and you know the spirit of God and the faith of God, there will always be pure needs that flows from that. God knows what we need. He knows exactly what we need. But He wants to remain in us and His word remain in you and in us so that so that we don't get what do you call it? Greedy. God knows exactly what we need in every situation and every battle and everything in our lives. So what does it mean to remain in Him and He remain in us? What does it really mean? Now let me try to explain. If I go to this, I don't know if you've seen all the the prune trees and all the citrus now having all the amazing blossoms. It's so amazing when you drive through. Now if I go to a, a like a a peach tree and uh, with all the blossoms and I cut down a big branch on that peach tree and I take the branch and I stick it into the ground will the blossom still grow no why because I've cut the life source off and I plugged it into the ground now I believe no it will grow no no it's not connected to the life source anymore and that's what it is means to remain in him to be connected to the life source that give lives, life to to our promises and to who we are. See, as soon as we cut ourselves up from the life source, Jesus, then we pray without source of the source of our source of power. Sometimes I want to do it myself, but I'm not connected to Him. I'm not in Him. I'm not. I'm not meditating on the scriptures, and I still need the power. You see, that's that's where the 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 big problem sometimes comes in. See, if if we let His words remain in us, we start seeing miracles and breakthroughs as we start praying and speaking. See, everyone wants to get whatever they pray for, but very few are willing to abide in Him. That was quite a realization for me. Every one of us, so many, the, every believer that I know wants whatever they pray for, but not... A, just a few are willing to abide really abide in christ to remain in him you see the promise is conditional on our abiding our remaining does it make sense he's promised the promise that i have is conditional to the abiding he's got all these promises now just abide in him open the word meditate on the scriptures this is where the power source are at this is where the power flows from I can't break that branch off and think the blossoms will grow wherever I go. No, no, I need to be connected to the branch. I need to connect, be connected to the vine. See, if God is, it's not God who fails to answer our prayers if we aren't abiding or remaining in Him. <laughs> See, it's so easy. It's so simple. God wants to listen to us. He wants to come and act on our behalf. Whenever we bold enough to ask... But then we still need to abide in him. We need to remain in him. That means that I need to meditate on the scripture. I need to get that promises in my life. I want to end with the story of Lazarus. We all know the story. Remember old Lazarus. Now Lazarus was dead for four days. And Martha or Mary or um, was it? Oh my goodness, now I'm I'm messed up. Mary or Martha, remember, one of those two. (laughs) It was the the sister of Lazarus. And she came to Jesus and said, please, my brother is sick, come. And he said, okay, I'll come. And then he only came two or three days later. And when he came there, the scripture says he was dead for four days. Now, it was very significant, the four days. Because the Jewish people believed that when someone dies, the spirit still roams around. It's weird, eh? Spiritual, The spirit of the deceased still roam around to see if there's a possibility to come back. Now, after three days, they declared him actually dead. So when Jesus came at four days, the, even the Jewish culture was shocked with this miracle. Because they believed there's nothing can be done. I mean, the body was, was literally was rotting. It was, <laughs> it, was, it was not a good place. So Jesus came. He stood in front of the grave. And he said the following, and I love this. So they rolled the stone aside. Then Jesus looked up to heaven and he said, listen to this. Father, thank you for hearing me. Thank you for hearing me. You always hear me. But I said it out loud for the sake of all these people standing here. Sounds like Joshua, doesn't it? So that they will believe you send me. Then Jesus shouted, Lazarus, come out. Uh, He probably shouted louder than that. Now here we see Jesus pray to God in front of an impossibility. Now we all believe that's quite an impossibility. God, dead four days. I mean, don't roll that stone away. It's stinking in there. I mean, it's bad. Great challenge. Now look here. He starts out with the following. Father, thank you for hearing me. Isn't that amazing? It's immediately he says, Father, thank you for the relationship I have with you. I know you hear me. I know. Sometimes he doesn't feel like it. Sometimes my emotions are too big. But I know you hear me. I've got relationship with you. No matter how big the situation is I face, and this is pretty big, people are crying, people are mad at me because I'm late. I mean, it's crazy, but thank you, Father, for hearing me. You see, Jesus was hundred percent man, but he was also 100 percent the Son of God. But he knew how to connect with the Father. He didn't worry about the right words to pray, and I should use, okay, this is, a, this is a exorcism, well, this is exorcism, I need to do this. this is, I need to pray for standing out of. I mean we need to do this and I need to use. no. He just said, "Father, thank you. Thank you that you hear me. Thank you that you love me." then he shouted. <laughs> now this is quite a, a something. He shouted, Lazarus come out. Now I believe to be honest, Jesus shout, shouted with a loud voice why because there was a strong conviction and authority in his voice. There was no doubting. He spoke with conviction and uh, conviction and with authority to the to the dead bones. Now I believe that Jesus spoke with such a power in that moment when if he just said, come out, all the dead would raise at once. Think about it. I mean, it's Jesus. But he said, Lazarus, come out. <laughs> Imagine that mess. It's like everyone, I mean, people running. I mean, it would have been <laughs> crazy. But that was the kind of authority and conviction Jesus spoke with because he knew God heard him. He knew God listened to him. And because God listened to him with conviction, he shouted, Lazarus, come forth, come out. Isn't that powerful? You see, that was the power of the authority of Jesus. And that was the authority that Jesus gave us after he resurrected from the grave. That's the same authority. And every time I realize this, I realize, Lord, am I grasping the true authority that I'm walking in? It's quite amazing. See, when we pray and speak to our circumstances, we need to realize that our authority is speaking to the issue we're facing. Your authority is speaking to the situation. Not your voice or your mindset. No, no, your authority is speaking to that lack. Your authority is speaking to the thing that you trust in God for breakthrough. And that's the an authority that you didn't pay for, Jesus paid for, and he gave it freely. And if we do not understand our authority in Christ, we will struggle with doubt when we pray. I mean, I catch myself so many times when the Holy Spirit asks me, Henny, why did you doubt when you prayed? It's like, Did I? Oh yes. It wasn't me. <laughs> then i just quickly pray again said lord thank you for the authority i will not doubt that you will do this you see romans 8 verse 1 said there is no no more condemnation for those who are in christ jesus what did jesus said in john 15 remain in me don't don't let condemnation and doubt come into the way you are in me when you are in me and i am in you then speak with authority and things need to shift. Am I speaking to someone? See, we need to believe that God wants to touch the lives around us. He wants to. He wants to, to touch the lives around you. He wants to use us and authority in our lives to speak to situations and it touches people. I mean, Therese, you and Mona, when you paint, you trust God that this painting will touch people. Otherwise, why are you doing this? But we also need to re- believe that whenever I speak with power and with faith and with life that people will receive life and it will be touched they will be touched by our faith, because we remain in Him. Now when God starts to work through our lives I'm almost done when God starts to work through our lives, we need to understand the most important thing. You see, situations around us does not change because of what we do but who we are in Him. Situations around you, most toughest situations, the thing, whatever, dire straits, battles, fights, whatever you're facing, the situation does not change because of what you do, uh, because of who you are in Him. And then you do, of course, but it doesn't start with the do, it starts with the who. (laughs) That's a nice rhyme, huh? That's a Facebook quote right there. See, God's doing the miracle. We're just the instruments that touches others. I will always say, Father, thank you. I want to raise this dead person. I can't do this. I'm freaking out. But thank you that you're using me as an instrument. And I'm just letting your presence flow through me. See, that's all we need to do. In every situation, speak of your clients. If you're a commission earner, man, call that commission in in Jesus' name. Why? Because we can. We have authority in Jesus to speak things into position. See, the enemy hates it when we function in our authority. <laughs> Did you realize that? He does not like it. And he doesn't want us to pray. The, it, I mean, the main focus and the purpose of the enemy is to stop us to pray. He doesn't want you to pray. He wants you to be tired in the morning. He wants you to be tired in the evening. He wants you to be. I mean, I mean, we all fall to that one. Lord, I just. I just want to say thank you. You're this grace for me. I know. No, no. The enemy wants you not to pray, because he doesn't want that authority to be released. Otherwise, he's in trouble. He's gonna be. I mean, our authority brings trouble to him, because he can't stand against it. Because Jesus already. gave victory on the cross now the truth is not one of us are good enough to stand before god but the blood of jesus paid the price we can and therefore we can be the righteousness of god in christ jesus isn't that amazing you see this in thing in Christ, in Jesus. This is a powerful thing. If you want to go and meditate on something, meditate on this because God said we are the righteousness of God in Christ. We couldn't pay for all the freedom and victory for mankind, but Jesus could. And because he could, he made a new covenant with God that that placed us in the middle and said, because I've won the victory, God, Father, I'm taking your creation and I'm putting them in front of me and through me, they will be righteousness. They will be righteous. They will be free. They will. Isn't that amazing? That doesn't give us the right to sin. It gives us the right to be empowered by grace. And that's a sermon of another day. So I want to end with this. I want to end with this. I believe it's time for us to speak. It's time for us to speak, but then also to listen to God's plan for your life. You need to speak to this thing, then listen to God's plan. Say, Lord, what do you want to do? And then we need to act. We need to act. Here are three very important things. We speak, we listen, and we act. See, for me, it's a it's a thing in my life that I need to always remind myself that I speak faith over this thing. And did I listen to God's plan in this, or is this just my desire? And then if I hear, Lord, this is your plan, then I act. Because I believe I'm like Joshua Lord you already gave a promise you already did this I know the victory is coming and this is where we are at I know God spoke over our country over our town that this is a th- in this town revival will go up from the m- south point of Africa in t- of, of South Africa into Africa we know that revival is coming in our town so what do we do we start speaking rival we start speaking life into every place and we Trust God that we can release missionaries to go and get the unsaved saved. That is our focus. That worship will touch this town. That's one of our values. That worship will change the atmosphere of our town. And I'm talking about atmosphere. I'm talking about the spiritual atmosphere. That crime rates will go down because we worship. When we speak, when we confess, when we proclaim, when we declare, and we listen to God's plan and say, Lord, we, in, we, we are in, in line with what you're saying. Then we act. How do we act? We just step out in faith and say, Lord, thank you. I'm, I'm walking around. There's a, there's a place in town that I'm, I know that God's going to give us that place. And we're going to build a big church there. No, this, is, this is my bigger vision. I'm walking around that thing. I said, Father, thank you for life here. Yeah? I, don't, I don't deserve this. You deserve this. And you want to do this. You want to raise missionaries. You want to um, raise musicians that can change a nation here. Yeah? We want to start a music school. We want to start a missionary school. We want to start a Bible school. We want to do all these things. But if I'm just sitting in my room and, and just thinking, ah, that would be amazing. Nothing's going to happen. I need to go over to Action and say, yes. We speak life over that. And that's what we want to do. And that's what we're going to do. And we're going to see God coming through and doing miracle upon miracle. Why? Because we stand in faith and authority of what God is doing. Isn't God amazing? Would you stand with me? Hope you're excited for number three. let <laughs> yeah, Let's just, I just want to pray with you this morning and and I want to pray and trust God that, that something will, d- will drop this morning. That we will not get stuck to a place where we look at circumstances and things and that our feelings starts bullying us around. But we will step out of that place where we said, Father, thank you. I might not feel like it today. But I know that you are in control. You give life in every situation. We don't have to work for it. We don't have to suffer for it. You already suffered and you already gave us all we need. Now we just need to act. So, Father, thank you this morning. I want to pray for, for everyone here today. Also for everyone watching on Facebook. If you're watching with us, why don't you just put your hand on your heart. And Father, I pray that you will touch people this morning. Lord, I pray that you will start dusting off the dreams that people had in their lives. Dreams that they thought, ah, I just I just let that go. It's never going to happen. But dreams that God has given us, and when God gives us a dream, that means that He is in it. And His glory and His presence and His goodness and His grace are in it. And that's the promise. And there's even some of you here this morning that you've doubted the promises of God in your life. You've doubted it. And it's okay. But I believe God is using this to put up a flag again. It says, remember that promise? That promise that made you so excited. You couldn't sleep, you couldn't eat, you couldn't do. I mean, you were so excited about it. God is dusting off that promise. And even some of you here today that you felt that you've missed the promise. And you've missed it. That it, it, it came and it gone and I missed it. God says it's a lie. I'm a God of second chances, third chances, fourth chances. I'm the God who always have a chance. Don't feel that the world has stolen from the promise that I've given you because I'm going to give you a bigger promise and a greater breakthrough, greater things in your life. That where the world has stolen from you, I will give back a hundredfold. A hundredfold. I want you to just where you're at this morning just put your hand on your heart and you can just whisper to Him Said, Father I thank you for that dream and you can even call it come on don't miss this moment there's power in our confession just say thank you Father for that dream that dream will not die that promise will not go empty believe in the next six months there's some of you who walking with promises now and you you are so fed up and tired of this thing not happening God says within six months you will see a change you will see a shift you will see things come into place where you haven't no I mean <laughs> the next six months is going to be interesting it's going to be full of fireworks good things good things that God is going to do promises that's going to going to become a reality that you've been praying for hoping for speaking over gave up on for the last 10 years but it's important to remain in him just remain in him keep your focus on him like jesus stood in front of a possibility with lazarus and he just said father thank you you will you hear me you hear me you hear me in the most toughest times and in the most the most exciting, jubilous times. You know, you hear me. I just trust you, Father. And Father, I pray that everyone who's standing here today and trusting you for that breakthrough, that things will come to place, that the, that the puzzle pieces will come together in the next six months and that you will start putting things together. We don't have to do it. You're already busy, Father. We just need to trust you. Just trust you and speak life speak life. I want to invite you this week to speak life over every situation in your life, everything in your business, everything in your family, everything that you're facing. Just speak life. Maybe you're not going to feel like it. Just speak life. Because He is in it. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we love you. We love you so much, Father. If that's the only thing we can do and and we'd be able to do, we just want to love you, Father. That will be enough. We love you, Father. We don't serve you because of the things you do for us. We serve you because we love you. We love you, Father. Lord, we long for a relationship with you like Jesus had with you and still have. Father, I pray that you lift our spirits this morning. Every negative emotion will flow away and your life will come flood in. in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to our weekly sermon. For more detail, visit www.klcstallenbosch.co.za.